Welcome to Story Comment Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 154. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComment.com, and we're happy to have back with us the nationally acclaimed cartoonist and illustrator, <laughs> Daphne Lay. International. I'm, I'm big in Sweden, it seems. That's it. International. <laughs> international. All right. I'll, I'll change that intro for the fun time this yeah, it's like we we uh, we have we we have at least like three people that order from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it counts. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, congratulations. Uh, we were just talking before we went on the air. You actually were able to hit your goal. Yeah. Within within under fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen. Time. Yeah, fourteen fifty nine. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like I said, um, on backstage, it's like, um, it, it's a huge. I I thought it would take longer than four issues to get to this point, right? Um, because at in my on my first issue, um, it took me about nineteen days to raise what I was able to get in fifteen minutes on this right. on the issue four campaign. So it's like, so obviously, whatever I'm doing is clicking. Right. <laughs> I'm really uh, happy with that. So, oh, and just and, ju and just as a side note for people that are, that maybe did not see either the the first, second, or third time you've been on, you do have a parrot. So oh yes, yes, he's right. Car. Yeah, he's right yes. there now. He yeah. now you can actually see the cage. He's he's right there. There he is. Um, yeah. And he has a habit of acting up every time I go live. So yeah. you hear any strange noises? That's that's him. <laughs> that's right. So if you're listening on headphones, or if yeah. you're listening if you're listening to the car, turn down your treble. So I right, think yeah, be good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now there's, now there's probably somebody like I gotta pull over because I forgot how to turn around my trouble. So, right. Uh, so yeah, so that's awesome. That is amazing that you're able to get it done in such a short period of time. Yeah. And it was within watching, and I was telling you before you went on the air, I was lurking on your live stream. You went, you had 26 backers within the first yeah. three minutes or something outrageous. Yeah, no, it was yeah. like it was like Best Buy on a Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I was just surprised at how the numbers started rolling once I once I went live. I, I mean, you know, running a Kickstarter is is always stressful. I mean, right. for me, it's like every time I run one, it's like I'm doing it for the first time. And mind you, between um between Eager Raven Tall Tales and the Oswald Chronicles, I think I technically have either run or helped run about like 20 something Kickstarters. <laughs> and yeah, you see, that's that's what he does. So um <laughs> And uh, each time it just feels like the first time because right. every time we do a campaign, it's like we're learning new things on how to get things to work. Right. Um, and with with this one, uh, what I was experimenting with was um, the whole pre-launch page idea where it's like you know you get people to sign up you know you spend you spend kind of like a month promoting a campaign that's not running yet right um uh, because the idea is that the bigger your the i mean the bigger your your pre-launch list then it means that you'll have a larger uh i guess like a, a larger opening which mm. makes the algorithm uh spread your your campaign out further 
Wow. So, um, so yeah, so I guess, <laughs> you know, so I guess that, uh, that helped, uh, for, you know, for, uh, for this one. So, although my, my husband, JD Calderon, he, he complains, like, why not just run a 30 day, uh, 60 day campaign <laughs> instead of just promoting an empty, you know, launch page, free launch right. page. It's like, no, not, no, no 60 day campaign. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> now, do you have, so as you, you mentioned earlier is that this was one of the things you learned from this particular campaign was mm -hmm. just the, the thing you learned was that the whole pre-launch yeah. piece to it. Do you, do you put a part of your success on how quickly you were able to hit your goal based solely on that or also by the fact that this is your fourth Kickstarter and people recognize well, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a combination of uh, of both because in the end I can't really pinpoint exactly mm. like what's the one big thing right. um, because it's all about like piling up all these little things to go for the one big thing which is a successful campaign and uh, one of the patterns that one of the the, the I like looking for patterns in especially having four campaigns is that from like the first issue I, I i got like a lot of people who collected first issues so you know it's like you know i did modest on on the first issue on the second issue i saw a drop because everybody who collected first first issues you know they weren't interested in the second issue right but then i gained all of them and then some on the third issue and actually that that gave me like the highest backer count that uh, I've had so far in my camp, in my solo campaigns. Wow. So everybody who was there for issue one skipped issue two, but came back for issue three. And what I'm finding now is that now whoever, like whoever like was at, I guess picked up issue three are now staying for issue four. Okay. So what's that? What that's telling me is that they're reading it. Mm. and they're collecting the, the story because they're reading it, not because of like, uh, like, like, I don't know, like algorithm gimmicks or something. So, because in the end, it's like, that's, that's what I do the work for. Right. Um, I do the work for people to read it. I want people to read it. <laughs> so, um, and, and I hope that, you know, that they're enjoying it and they're, they're being entertained by it, you know, cause that's, it's all for me. It's all kind of meaningless if that's if that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So and because I, you know, you know, pulling it up and looking at it, you also have thirteen people, but thirteen backers for your catch up. Yeah. For the the physical, and then there was about third about the similar number for your for the uh, PDF. Mm -hmm. Seventeen. Yeah. So that's thirty new readers yeah yeah exactly that yeah that and that they're getting everything just so they can obviously catch up on it and, right. and it's like and that's and that's people who are obviously hearing like either word of mouth or they're seeing like other people like how they're reacting to it or 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 anything or, or they're just outright seeing that this is something that they would be that this is what they would be into. So instead right. of just testing a, for a one issue, they're going, let me get the whole thing. Right. And it's like, like I said, it, that that's exactly what I want people to do. 
I, I want you to read the whole thing because it's like there, there's, you know, we, we have 15, you know, we have 15 issues in total, you know, let's enjoy the journey. Right. <laughs> so and what what can people expect from 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 this that's different than your your previous three? Um, well, I mean, so, um, I, I guess it's like, well, for people who, who don't know, uh, who don't know what the, the book is. So, uh, let me give a, a quick, uh, uh, summary. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Eagle Raven, Heir of the First Unicorn is a story of a unicorn princess exiled into the mortal realm. Um, after she is betrayed by her elf prince husband-to-be, uh, dragons overtake her kingdom because she doesn't have enough problems, and how she trains to become a knight, hoping she can win a king's favor and save her people. So issue four is where that that part of the story really takes off where she's training to be a knight. And now it's like, she's on the Royal tournament circuit, trying to get to the finals in the capital city where the King will be watching. Oh, wow. um, so this is, this is her uh, journey uh, where uh, pretty much it's like where she's, really learning about herself and what she can actually do. And, um, whether, whether it's in the cards, uh, uh, of whether she can return to her kingdom as, as a future queen or whether she's going to be trapped in the mortal realm, uh, you know, because of all this. So, uh, so issue four is where that, that really gets off the ground. Um, uh, also, it's also because it's like I keep forgetting to mention this. Um, this this book, in spite of what it looks like, it's actually a mature audience's title um, mm. due to violence and adult situations. It's 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 a mature audience's re uh, telling of the classic hero's journey uh, with a soap opera twist, <laughs> kind of yeah. Um, and it's very character uh, relationship centered as opposed to the big adventure. Uh, okay. It's not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> where, where, like my other book, Tall Tales, is more like Lord of the Rings, and it's about the quest. Uh, this one's a little bit more personal. It's about the how the characters interact with each other and how she relates to them and, and all that. So it just happens to be in a fantasy setting with like unicorns and elves and dragons and furries and, <laughs> and all this fun stuff that, that I'm into. So. <laughs> So yeah, that's I mean that that's pretty much I mean in terms of what's uh I mean special um that well this is the the last campaign where um if you're into collecting individual issues right, this yeah. is the last campaign to do it right. because the campaign after this is going to be uh volume 1 which just to show you how ahead of everything yeah. I try to be I actually have that proofed already so I so this is this is going to be the the next campaign um probably around uh august september and it's going to collect the four issues and and once that happens i'm cleaning the slate of all the individual issues all the variants everything so if you're the type that likes to collect like issues one through four um after this campaign <laughs> I'm, I'm going straight to zero right. on my stock so um, so yeah, so that, that's the, that's the, really the thing that, that makes it, uh, unusual because I was doing the math on it and the amount of comics and variants I would have for a 15 issue series would just be, it's like, no, that's ridiculous. I cannot <laughs> possibly do that. 
I have to make it easy for myself. So right. there's going so the next it's going to be volume uh, volume one, and then after that we start again uh, with issue five. So. so that's a so that's that's a good point. Do you do you see that as you've been doing this for for a while that depending on the Kickstarter that it might depend on who your audience is, where this might be more of a collector's Kickstarter, mm -hmm. where then. Where this comes out of the trade paperback, this might be for the reader. Someone right? Just wants yeah. To... Oh, oh no. It, that's that's. Um, I'm I'm pretty much expecting um, the trade paperback to do uh, about half of what my individual issue campaigns do because of that. Right. Um, collect. I mean, there's a lot of collectors on Kickstarter. They love the variant covers, uh, which I have plenty of on this campaign, and. Um, and the trade paperback are for people who don't want to bother with that. Hmm. So it's it's kind of a different audience and a more kind of like conservative audience. I mean, conservative in a way that it's like that they, they just want to they, they want to buy the book to read it. Right. And they want it to read it in one shot as opposed to like collecting individual issues and, you know, and archiving them and and. and doing all that and, and hopefully not losing them in a flood. So, <laughs> so yeah, they, yeah, that's something that I have to, to keep in mind too, um, because how I tackle the volume one trade is different than how I put together the individual issue uh, right. campaigns. Right. And so, and so where do you see also is that, what are some of the new, cause I, you know, as I say, like watching your live stream as it launches, just watching you get delightfully flustered at that number getting yeah. bigger and bigger as it yeah. goes. It was fun. It's, you were talking about also some of the, some of the new, some of the new um, uh, swag that comes with this one, what you didn't have before. Like you have like a keychain, like an acrylic keychain. Well, yeah, it's, it's an acrylic charm. Yeah. So, yeah. so for the first 40 people, who who pledged to the campaign they got like little tchotchkes like stickers and an yeah. acrylic charm um let's see it's like oh, i think i have like like it was something like this this is right. the acrylic charm that the the first 40 people get you know it's just you know some little things to kind of like entice people to pledge on the first day mm. um because again that's that kind of part of the strategy of getting the algorithm to really it, it's all playing to the algorithm it's right. the same thing with youtube it's all playing to the algorithm without kind of like losing your content or kind of like your soul to it right. you know like like i would have like i would have had that acrylic charm anyway you know it's like i would have made that anyway so it's like i didn't feel like i was doing anything out of, I wasn't going out of my way. So it's like, right. okay, so this is a fun thing that we can do to get people to pledge on the first day right. so that the algorithm would, you know, sp spread it out, uh, spread the campaign out more. <laughs> <laughs> and because you also got projects we love yes. as well. Yeah, I, it seems like I seem to be collecting that now. Um, it, I started getting those with issue three. Wow. Um, so I got it for issue four, and I also got it for... Um, for my Tall Tales campaign, I got it for volume three of uh, Tall Tales when okay. I put this book out. So obviously somebody at Kickstarter is watching. So, <laughs> so I really appreciate that. I mean, a there, there's a lot of debate as to whether the label um, helps at all. 
but it's such a gas to get that it's like, oh, you know, it's like, okay, it's fun. You know, it's like <laughs> whether it whether it helps or not is kind of like it becomes kind of irrelevant. It's right. like, oh, so, oh, thank you. Thank you. you know, kind of, <laughs> just say thank you and move on type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And you had and and so let's talk about a bit as well as like some of the stretch goals that you have on here. You, we talked last time on there about your, your trading cards. Yeah. I love the trading cards. I, I enjoy trading cards too. That it's, I think they're, they're fun to make. Um, it really made me think about char which characters get showcased. Right. Um, and I, I just like the idea of adding to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just having a collection. Um, I, I think that they're a neat way uh, to collect art because mm -hmm. you can get the uh, you can get like sheets and you can you know like put them together like this. Right. So it's like and it's like they're so easy to you know to just like like I said to, to just collect them, and and I like like trying to like uh, to writing the bios on the back and. Um, it, it's just, it's just so fun. I, I try to make everything that I do for these campaigns, something that's fun for me to do, mm. you know, because it's like, I have to enjoy this process just as much as I, you know, like, like I want people to enjoy getting them. So, right. um, yeah. So the trading cards is something that, uh, that I, I enjoy doing. Um, and, and yeah, and it's like, and it allows me to, to do the character bios. So it's kind of like a little shorthand. You know, it's like, oh, who's who's that? Oh, here's the card. Let me see who they are. You know, kind of like a Cliff Notes. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of curious too, like talking about like the 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 business and the preparation behind mm -hmm. the Kickstarter. When you create these stretch goals, you already have these made, correct? Or well, what, what do you well, like? What do you mean, like like physical? Well, because they're not physically made yet. I ordered them okay. after the the campaign. Although these cards that I had from the previous campaign, I obviously have already. Right. Yeah. So what would be, so is there a point where, you know, say, cause I, you know, as we know, we have like a lot of comic creators that, that, that listen and watch the show is, and is that like a use it or lose it situation? So hypothetically speaking, say you didn't reach the $2,000. Right. Would you then say, well, no more, Alaric, we're never right. going to make that. Or would you say right. I just have to put it off till the next Kickstarter? Right, I would. I would that. do that. Like, like it would just get postponed, okay. as opposed to because I I enjoy making these cards, and and you know, and it's like it would like like the like the thing with the sticker. Like right now, we're kind of gunning uh, to to unlock the sticker, and uh, which is which is funny, a funny little funny story about that sticker. On my previous campaign, I had used that image as just a graphic design element. I, I right. wasn't using it for anything. I mean, it, it, like it wasn't pointing anything out. But what happened was that so many people thought it was a sticker <laughs> that when they got their packages, I had people contacting me going, oh, hey, the, the sticker is missing. And I go, oh, what sticker? And they said, oh, the one with the unicorns on it. It's like, no, that's not a sticker. <laughs> that was just, it's like, no, you got everything. So in this campaign, I decided to make it a sticker. And that's why I said, because you demanded it. <laughs> you know, everybody wanted this image as a sticker. So um, I did proof it out. So I do, like, I, I have some 
uh, I, I did proof the stickers, so I know what they look like and I know how large they have to be. So that's ready to go right. uh, once once I uh, um, have once the campaign ends. Um, but yeah, but like like if I didn't reach that goal, I mean technically I still have the like I would use it for something else. Okay, like nothing goes to waste. Uh, that's why the whole thing is about like me enjoying making these things because they're, they're going to come out some way or another. Um, it's just that it would be nice if we hit the stretch goal. Um, uh, the, the, but the thing is though, the, the one stretch goal that I'm really, really pushing for, and this one is the eight page story. Okay. Right. Because one of the things that I do as part of kind of like my world building just in general, like it's kind of like a world building exercise is I, I make these little vignettes because I guess it's like, there, there's always that question. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Right. And I've decided that I'm a pantser. <laughs> like, even though I have the 15 issues, the story for that done, right. the world building, I'm literally still world building as we speak. Like I, I like I, I world build just enough to tell the story. And then and then I, I, I save like the world building, like actual world building for later when I need it. Hmm. So what I've been doing is I've been doing like these little short stories, these little vignettes, just to get ideas out of my head and, right. and onto, the, and onto the, the computer or onto paper or wherever. And then some of the stories I can, I, I there's some stories where I can actually translate into comics and there are parts they, they, they go along with the main storyline, but they're a little too, I guess, like they, they couldn't be part of the main storyline because they would just slow everything down. They're kind That's of true. like clunky story-wise. Like they, they really don't belong, but they add to the world. You know, mm. you get to know other characters better and, and this, that, and the other thing with these little side quest kind of stories. So this would be the first one of that that I will actually print. Okay. So this is an eight-page story that takes place before issue one. And it's it's Prince Cerulean going on pretty much a malevolent errand. He makes a deal, a side bargain. Not only is he making a bargain with the, the dragons, but he makes a side bargain with a witch to, you know, just, just to like, really like, like really, really get what he wants, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, and, and to really show what kind of character he really is. Like if, if people reading the main story, like they don't get it, how much of a villain he is, this is the story that does it, you know? Okay. So, so, um, but like I said, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have flowed right in the main storyline. Right. So I'm doing it like this. So, so this is kind of like the stretch goal that I'm really, really, really want to unlock <laughs> <laughs> because if I don't print it here, it's, it's going to be printed eventually when I collect all of those short stories together in its right. own trade paperback. But that trade paperback is not expected to come out until after the 15 issues. Right. So this is a way for these short stories to kind of get loosed in the wild um, now, as opposed to for everyone waiting until like 2025. Right. <laughs> so... It's yeah, but but and but again, like these are things that I do for fun, hmm. and they they 
they're going to exist anyway. Right. But, you know, this is just kind of like a way to liven up the campaign a bit. Right. <laughs> so that, that, that brings up another question I'm wondering about is like when you create those stretch goals, do you make the stretch goals based off of what you think your backers are going to want? Or do you make the stretch goals based off of the things that you want to make? Mm, that's, um, I, I, I would like to hope that the things <laughs> that I make are something my backers would want. Right, um, right. honestly, um, that's, that's, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a little selfish like that, that I'm making <laughs> stuff for me first and then hoping that it's enticing enough that, that the backers will want it. Right. Um, that's why I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it's like, you know, you want to see an eight page an extra eight pages in the book. Right. <laughs> that's like, you know, it's like, that's, that's what I'm hoping. Right. Um, especially for something that is as time consuming as making new pages. Right. Like I would think, I would hope that backers would see a value in that. Right. You know, it's like more pages to the, to the comic as opposed to just getting a sticker or a trading card. Right. Uh, they're actually getting expanded story. So, right. you know, and I'm, I'm going to find out in this campaign if this is something that people want. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's the fact that this was funded so quickly. Yeah. It shows that you do have backers who want to read it. Yeah. So it's. Now it's as you're, you know, you're, you're pushing out the last week to make sure that you can get yourself tipped over to. Yeah. Uh, and do you, what's the standard number of stretch goals that you see is important to have? Um, I don't really count it. Right. Um, but the thing is, like, how I look at it is that I, I try to keep my stretch goals as something that I'm confident that I could raise. Right. Um, as opposed to kind of like coming up with a fantasy number, like, oh, if I raise 30 grand, it's like, look, I've never, it's like, I, I'm nowhere near <laughs> raising that type of money. So it, it would be silly for me to even offer up a stretch goal pretending that I could. Um, so the, the amount of stretch goals, like pretty much for this campaign, how I looked at it, it's like I made 5,000 on my last campaign. Right. And then my question was, okay, could I get it to six? How do I right. get it to six? Right. And this is pretty much me trying to figure out whether I can get it to six. So, <laughs> which is why, you know, I offered up the more ambitious stretch goal for that, the eight pages. Right. Like I say, it's the most time consuming. It's like, yeah, I could offer up another sticker or another trading card, but, you know, I really wanted to give people something that I feel is worth that money right you know right. It, it's like yeah so it's like yeah so it's like okay so it's like which is the stories and, and i have more so like so not for the the trade campaign but when i go back to issue five it's like there's going to be more of these stories that i'm going to unveil hmm. and the next story after that depending on whether i can make it to six on this one so like on issue five it's like okay i have a 12 page story. <laughs> what do I get for that? <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's kind of like playing around with, with numbers. Um, uh, I, and I am, and I am, um, and I try to be realistic with, with my numbers so that it's, 
it's still like a, a goal that I that I need to work towards. But at the same time, there's still a level of achievability mm. that I think that like so that the backers feel like, oh, there's a chance. As opposed to like, oh, you're never going to make 10 grand. You're not going to make 10 grand on this. So, you know, I'm not, you know, why? Like, like that could be a turnoff for people. Like mm. what I learned on my first campaign, um, I had set the goal to 500 because I wasn't sure how people were going to react to it. And what I found was that I had set my goal too low because people got suspicious. Mm. Why, is your, why is your campaign set to 500? You know, and it's like, oh, because... I can, you know, it's like, but so, so on my next campaign, I made sure to raise it so that it's more of a number that I guess backers feel more confident about, which is right. kind of funny to, to see it in action, but that's exactly what happened. Hmm. So the same thing happens if you set your goal too high, uh, is, is that people like they can kind of sense whether you're going to make it or not. Right. Yeah, and um, uh, we, uh, I, I have a, a friend, Robert Multari, who runs Nightwolf, which, by the way, I have a crossover print with him. So if you support both Eagle Raven and Nightwolf, you get an exclusive crossover print. Oh, cool. And yeah, and when he started his, when he started his journey on Kickstarter, he just out the gate was asking for $20,000. And his campaign failed because nobody heard of him. It's like, why are you asking for so much money? But if you follow his trajectory through his campaigns, you see where he learned from that, where it's like, okay, he knows to ask for this much. And then he started slowly growing it, growing where it. now his campaign, he doesn't have to worry about raising 20 grand because he does that naturally now. Right. You know, so that's what I'm hoping to get to that. It's like that I can like naturally grow uh, my campaigns so that it the numbers are never unreasonable. Right. Yeah. Right. And so and as you mentioned before, so there's a there's a a sweet spot where if you're launching your first campaign, so yeah. for folks that are listening and watching, they're thinking about doing your Kickstarter. You don't want to make it too low, but you also yeah. don't want to make it too high. Yeah. So as comic books go, it's different than if someone's doing a board game. Like, oh, like right. so like, so what would be a good, from your experience and what would be a good safe number to make your first Kickstarter goal? Well, if it's, I mean, depending on the type of book, because it's right. like um, there, there's some like there's some books that are kind of on trend, mm -hmm. which which will do better regardless. Uh, so you can you can safely set your goal higher. But I wouldn't for a for a first timer, I wouldn't recommend anything above like fifteen hundred. Don't go below seven fifty, but don't go above fifteen hundred either. Hmm. Uh, especially if you're a first timer, because you want to be able to get a sense of what you can actually do right. on, on Kickstarter so that you have that base for all your comparisons. So it's like, okay, if you set your goal to 750, but you raise 2000, then, you know, on your next campaign, you can safely set your campaign to 1500. Because also the, the, the trick is too, is that you don't want to make your goal exactly what you can raise. Right. So because you want to set it like a little bit below because again, you're playing to the algorithm. So if you know you can raise 2000, set your goal to 1500 so that 
Um, so that, er, you know, like every time you raise more money, the algorithm goes, oh, you made 110%, you made 115%, you know, and, and that actually sends no. out, yeah, that, that actually counts, as opposed to asking for 2000 and only getting 2000. Right. So it's, it's playing around with those numbers. It, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's playing with the numbers you play with the algorithm. It's 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 yeah it's it's kind of obnoxious, but unfortunately, it's a reality of what we need to do. Right. Um, and and also the thing is too is that never. This was this was going to be a little weird, but it's like I know that there's like like I'm in a, in a position where I do everything myself, so I don't mm. have a lot of payout. It's like I have a woman that does my flats, but the 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 amount of money is it. it it's kind of negligible for me. So I, so it's not like I have to ask for a lot of money um, to, to pay out for people. Right. So, but the thing is though, is that you don't want to ask for a hundred percent of what you're paying out as your goal, because this is, it's kind of like you're playing with optics at this point, because it's like, if you're not willing to put up your own money to support mm. your work, right? Why should I do that? Right. You know, I I want to see I, I you know say like me, but it's, it's not just me. It's like a lot of people they want to see you have skin in the game, right? As opposed to just running a Kickstarter so that you can you don't have to take anything out of your pocket. It's like no, if this book means something to you, if this project means something to you, you are paying out of pocket, right? For for something, just to show that. Um, that you care enough to do that, that you're not just relying on Kickstarter to pay your people. Um, so that's also something to, to keep in mind as well. So uh, you don't, so it's like if it costs you five grand to, to pay out, you don't want to set your goal to five grand. You know, you want to actually be under because also there's a benefit to sweating. Yeah, there, there really is. Um, I think that the last thing you want to be on, on a crowdfunder is complacent with the work you have to do. Uh, I think people underestimate how much work it is. It's not just sitting, it's just not sitting and staring at a computer pressing, what is it, F F12, whatever the re refresh button is. <laughs> um, you actually have to hustle. The hustle is real. The work is real to promote a campaign mm. uh, because the signal to noise is incredible. And you have to keep hammering to be able to get those eyes on you. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you, you don't. So, yeah. So if you're so if you know you if you kind of like have to put out yourself, then it, you know, it, it kind of incentivizes you to to really push the campaign to do right. whatever you need to do to push the campaign um yeah it's it's just it, it's all these little things that uh it, you have to think about to you know <laughs> to do this even 20 something times <laughs> <laughs> so do you see it's almost like a momentum building yeah. as you think it's as it gets easier and more people are familiar with your name and your mm -hmm. work uh, and how important is it is a mail list? Um, I use that too. Um, mailing lists are, are kind of like one of those things that your mileage will vary. Uh -huh. um, but I think that for every creator, you should have one. Mm -hmm. um, there, you should have a way to 
to talk directly to the people who are buying your stuff, the, mm. the buying, supporting your campaigns and whatnot right. um, outside of the, the platform. Because the idea is that um, if something were to happen to the platform, you still have these people. You still have access to these people who are supporting you on the platform. Not that I see Kickstarter going away anytime soon in spite of, you know, people, you know, claiming otherwise, but um, it's, it's always good to have access mm. uh, to have a mailing list, to cultivate a mailing list so that you can uh, go directly to uh, your supporters as opposed to depending on a platform, but it works in conjunction with the platform as well okay. so um yeah it's the the mailing list is a grind <laughs> because it, it's just kind of funny to see how many people sign up for a mailing list and then they never read your stuff so <laughs> it's that that's a whole other strategy that that you have to to focus on too that's like how okay they signed up for your mailing list but doesn't mean they read your emails <laughs> So you have to kind of like figure out how to make like enticing titles and whatnot so that they'll, they'll, um, they'll actually open up your emails or what I'm finding out in my case, people use my emails as a reminder to right. support the campaigns. Yeah. And so I make sure to say it in the title. Uh, it's like, Oh, Eagle Ravens on Kickstarter. They never open it. But I still get the result I want because they read the title. It goes, oh, yeah, Eagle Raven's on Kickstarter. And they go to Kickstarter. Right. <laughs> so I, so even though they don't open it, I'm still getting the result that I want. So it's, yeah, it's, talk, yeah, the, the, <laughs> it's a lot of things you have to mitigate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you see, and, and what do you see yourself doing for your ego, for as you said, the, the trade paperback right. that's that's going to be coming out. What do you already have some ideas in place of what you're you might be able to do? I'm different I'm, or tweak. Wow, yeah, it's because like I said, the trade paperback I know is going to be a tougher sell. Right. So I mean, and the thing is that you can't do variant covers with it. Um, you can't do the more traditional collectible aspects to it. Right. Um, like things like hardcover is like way too expensive to do as print on demand. Mm. Um, I, I was just uh, pricing out hardcovers and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's extremely cost prohibitive at the amount of copies that I'm selling at this mm. time. So it's not like I can do a lot in terms of, what's how I can make the campaign special. So um, the thing that I had to, that, that I kind of playing around with that I'm probably going to run with is the idea of uh, original art bookmarks. <laughs> so it's like, so, well, it's trade paperback. You need, you kind of need a bookmark. Right. So yeah. what if you can get like original artwork? So instead of like a sketch cover, you get a sketch bookmark. Okay. And you know, it's like, and it's, and it's like trying to come up with, okay, how can I, make this exciting <laughs> for a trade um yeah it's yeah and it's like and hopefully that all the people who have the individual issues will come back to pick up the trade so they can put away their individual issues right. and have the trade as to, to actually read it you know right. as of right i mean it's yeah it's it's a 
Yeah, every every campaign, it, it's a different challenge. Right. Just like, you know, with with issue five, it's like, okay, so I'm going to have the trade and issue five. So that's how you're going to get the whole story. So it's like, okay, are people, how are people going to feel about that? You know, it's like, uh, and I'm going to find out. So <laughs> I, and I only find out until I do those campaigns because right. every single one is a learning experience. Everything is new. There's always something new that pops out that, that, that I wasn't prepared for. Right. So do you, and because you mentioned earlier, do you, do you ever, uh, you can, you kind of put out a pledge level just to kind of go fishing and see if, if there's, uh, enough people interested in it? Um, well, like, uh, oh, like if I were to do like a hardcover or something or something like that right. and just say, I'm just kind of curious if, um, well, that's, that's honestly, that's not something that I would, that I would, um, that I would do as a level because I kind of look at these as commitments right. and I wouldn't want to do a level that I couldn't commit to. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. So I, I, like I said, the hardcovers are very expensive. So even if I wanted to find out if people wanted them, I wouldn't do them as a level because if people did buy them, I'm committed to making them right. <laughs> and, and I don't, you know, want to, you know, say, Oh, uh, just joking. <laughs> I, mm. I never want to do that to anybody on, on a Kickstarter. Um, I, I take, uh, the only, the only experimental thing that I did was the early bird special where okay. if you, if you pledged within the first 48 hours, you saved like $10 off the ketchup level. Right. Um, so you paid $40 instead of 50 for five books. So that was like, kind of like the only thing that I, that I would experiment with, but a, that was more again to get people to pledge on the the first forty eight hours, uh, which I was told is the most important. Mm. Um, I guess it, it it's most important for a campaign is that time. Right. So um, that I mean I think that worked well. So it is something that I would like to do again. Um, so I, I just have to you know see how how I would do that for the trade paperback. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so like as you're saying, I mean, we really as the as your as as your tier levels go, you still have your, you know, your PDF and mm -hmm. then your physical copies. Yeah. And we've talked many times about your hologram. Oh yeah. The metal. Those are those are some of the ones that uh, you. I think it was a, a few episodes ago you were talking about how you just were really interested to see how. It was gonna look right, right, and and yeah. So it's like like all the all the shinies. I, I love yeah. shiny. Um, <laughs> so that's why it's like I, I I love the hollow the 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 rainbow hollow foil covers. I love the silver foil covers. I love the metal bookmarks. Right. Um. It it just seems I don't know. It, it just seems like a very um. Like I said, I you know what? I don't put anything in a campaign that I wouldn't own. Okay. Right. That's that's kind of how I look at it. You know, it's like if I wouldn't have it, I wouldn't I don't put it on a campaign. Because the thing is though, it's like technically I need to make these things. Right. <laughs> so, if I wouldn't want to have them in my house, why <laughs> would I, why would I make them, right? <laughs> so, um 
so yeah so uh and this here is is one of the exclusive variants but like i said the this is with this campaign um i'm discontinuing everything so this yeah so that's a a variant that i'm only printing to order so i'm not going to have any extras after the campaign like that's 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 this that's special special variant. right so um but yeah that's everything yeah so everything i have here is because i want them mm-hmm. that's, that's a good <laughs> yeah. point yeah. yeah yeah and you do have your your standard like you do you have yeah. your virgin cover your black mm-hmm. and white cover and then your 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 rainbow yeah. hollow foil right yeah, the the black and white is actually silver foil it's the line art printed on silver foil, foil oh right silver okay. foil, which is very very nice i mean sometimes i decide i, I like those better than the hollow uh foil ones right. uh because it's like i i i even though the book is in color i enjoy my inking and this is a good way to show it off <laughs> so, so yeah i i was very happy with how those uh those covers uh come out right Cool. I like you. We're we're knocking on the knocking on our hour mark, but yeah. I wanted to say congratulations on uh, congratulations on hitting your goal. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping we can. Uh, my 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 ultimate goal is to unlock that that last uh, that last stretch goal, which right. is the short story, because I, I really do want people to read these. Right. And I, if, if people are enjoying the main story, um, I, I think you guys are going, everyone's going to enjoy these short stories because this one, this was the only, I think like really dark one in mm. the entire series of um, all the other vignettes that I have, all the other short stories, they're more like lighthearted. Mm. So, and I have a couple of funny ones that are coming up that I'd like people to see. Um, um, there's, there's one that I'm working on where Eagle Raven goes to the doctor for the first time, <laughs> which in and of itself is like, why would a unicorn go to a doctor? But that's, that's kind of like the joke of the story. <laughs> so it's like, I, you know, it's like, so everything else is, you know, kind of like, just, just like these cute little silly stories that, like I said, like they don't fit in the main storyline, either tonally or part of the, the, the story the linear story that I'm telling, but they're just fun little things, little side, little side stories. So uh, that's the main goal that that I'm uh, hoping for. So I, I, you know, so I I hope uh, people will be excited uh, for that (laughs) to to push me over that edge. I, 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 even if it's like an obnoxious number, like 6,002, I'll take that. I'll take that. Well, that's um, awesome! Yeah, congratulations thank again. Thank you, and, thank and, you. Um, and I look forward to I look forward to having you come back on to talk about your trade paperback. Yeah, yeah. It's so so I can be a, I, I can be a repeat offender. That's right. See? <laughs> yeah. right there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Daphne. It was oh, great thank you talking very to you much. Again. Always, always. I mean, these hours go by fast, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> but at least now we have technically four hours of content right <laughs> on See? just us right that people can look, can look back on you know <laughs> watching the series that's right see the growth you can you can see the growth that's see what it the is growth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
think you are like the f- the first person to be here fourth time. So, uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. records abound. Records <laughs> abound. Yeah, and I just checked. I just I just saw. I checked my my back end on my website. So it's called the Five Timers Club. Just like from uh, Saturday oh, Night okay. Live, the old uh, Saturday Night Live. They had the Five Timers Club. Right. So. Daphne, you might you might be the first one, right? To yeah, it's like well, it's either Saturday time. Night Live five timer, or I, I think a, a repeat offender is what they called um, th- them on Law and Order. Oh like yeah, if, if an actor kept coming back on playing different characters. They were called a repeat offender. A repeat offender. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to change that to repeat right. offender. That's funny. 